What's up? 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 Hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Sit Black and Watch. I'm hoping that this is your favorite podcast by now. I won't have a guest this week. It's just me doing my thug fizzle. Um, I know I was gone for a week. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on work and stuff but you know like I said I wasn't gonna leave y'all hanging so I'm back this week with a lot of things to talk about so let's go ahead and get into it starting off with my strong black lead of the week I'm gonna catch y'all up on some past stuff and bring y'all into the present so first of all strong black lead of the week goes out to the first person Missy Elliott Missy misdemeanor like Melissa girl girl um as you guys know, if you watch the uh, MTV Music Video Awards, Missy was honored with the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award, and that is such an esteemed award that has gone out to people like Beyonce, unfortunately Taylor Swift and JLo. Um, <laughs> I think Justin Timberlake got it one year, um, but it's a, it's an amazing award because despite all of the drama surrounding Michael Jackson's career you know he is one of the best entertainers to have ever done it and uh, may his soul rest in peace and so yeah Missy got her award and killed her performance I do feel like the performance was kind of short for me because there were songs that she did not perform um and so I was just like oh man like this has been so long we've been waiting for so long but she did her thing, and I love the little video package that they put together for her. I thought it was super, super dope. She shouted out Kid Fury and Crystal, the Reed podcast, which you guys know that I absolutely love. So that was cool. Like, I, I've been impacted by Missy's career for a very long time. Um, I grew up watching her videos, wanting to dance like Missy. I am not a rapper, but you can't tell me that because in my head I can definitely rap um, when I'm rapping along to Missy Elliott's songs. Missy has set a precedent, not only I think in fashion, and I do believe that she should be getting an award for fashion, the same award that Rihanna got, because Missy has given us looks, honey, okay? Missy and June Ambrose have give us, given us looks. Um, but she's she's set a, a standard for artists, I think, visually, musically, and she doesn't, I feel, get the props that she deserves in this industry. And so it was long overdue for her to get this Video Vanguard Award. And like I said, she killed it. Sean Bankhead was one of the choreographers. I believe he was the artistic director behind um, the, all of the choreography done for that night. She's been working with Sean Bankhead for a while now, and he actually choreographed her video um, that she, the, the EP that she released, the first video, and um, also the Drip Demeanor video that just came out. And I'm going to talk about the Drip Demeanor video a little bit later. Um, so, you know, shout out to Missy because obviously we love you, girl. The second strong black lead of the leak, of the leak, the week goes out to none other than the talented Miss Simone Biles. Y'all, she's out here making history. So, right now, she's probably like the most decorated gymnast in um, the world. And she's only 22 years old. And she recently spoke with USA Today and she said, um, in regards to recognizing her own greatness, 
quote, it is not out of cockiness. I've won five world titles. <laughs> okay, sis. And if I say I'm the best gymnast there is, the reaction is, oh, she's cocky. Look at her now. No, the facts are literally on paper, end quote. Um, and she talks about how it's important to teach, you know, our female youth, especially young black girls, that it's okay to say, yes, I'm this good and that you don't have to hold back, which I think is super important. And she's exemplifying that as being um, someone who has won 23 competitions um, and her latest wins were at the 24th and the 25th World Championship gold medals. She recently had, I believe, she has two moves now that are named after her. Um, they're named the Biles and she has two more that are pending. Like, bruh. And, and as someone who is not an athletic person, you know, I was not into gymnastics, but I did used to watch with my um, grandma, um, may she rest in peace. We would watch when I was a kid together. We'd, you know, watch, mainly the floor routines were my favorite. Um, but that was something that we would do and like watch ice skating and stuff like that together. Um, and not seeing a lot of women of color is probably a reason why maybe I never thought to myself like, oh, I would like to try that. Um, so I think it's amazing that she's representing for this next generation coming up and setting examples. Um, I know that the flips are supposed to be called the Biles 2 and Biles, respectively. Um, so they have to be approved by the International Gymnastics Federation. Um, but yeah, girls, shout out to Simone Biles. And I wish I could like break down what this move is that she is doing, but I <laughs> do not know, honey. I just think I think she does like a a triple a triple flip in the air, like two and a half times or something like that, a double triple flip, um, which is I think supposedly like extremely impossible to do. And um I guess going forward, if other gymnasts try it, I think because it's probably like really difficult and possibly dangerous, they might be getting deducted points. I remember hearing a conversation about how like the point system works when it comes to um, gymnastics and doing, you know, a balance beam and all those things. Um, but shout out to Simone Biles and shout out to all the future black girls out there who are repping in the quote unquote white people sports um, <laughs> like hockey and um tennis and you know because obviously before the Serena and Venus Williams like I don't know of any black women that were out here really playing tennis um so yeah you know shout out to y'all like y'all are doing it and I can't wait to maybe have kids in the future to have them look up to women like Serena Williams and Simone Biles um so yeah that is my those are my two strong black leads of the week and now moving on to the next segment. So before we move on, I just want to say that, you know, as this podcast grows and as I continue to do this, there are things that will be switching around. I'm, you know, trying to figure out names for my segments. So we're going to call the hot topics the sit black culture. So I'm going to give y'all a little bit of everything that's been going on within TV and film and media. Um, so let's get into it. So first of all, the read live. It's no longer just a podcast. It is now a television show. That's right. It is a late night talk show starring Kid Fury and Crystal, who are the two 
phenomenal host of the Read podcast, which um, is on Loudspeaker Loudspeakers Network. It has now been picked up as a talk show for Fuse. If you did not know that, then baby, I'm going to need you to get into it. It actually comes on tonight. By the time this is uploaded, it'll probably already be on. But last week was their season premiere, series premiere, and they had Jesus and Mero on there as their first official guest. And this week, they are going to have DeRay McKinson as their guest, so I really want you guys to tune in. Now, the way that the read is set up, is a podcast it usually is a show that runs for about an hour to hour and a half especially when it's real 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 good they like just go and I mean it's an amazing show and they do their you know black excellence topics they do their hot topics um as Kid Fury likes to call the hot tops and then they go into a segment where they do you know some uh, uh what is it fan like letters listener letters and then finally they usually end the show with the actual read where they call out or talk about something that has happened personally to them or something that is happening currently within pop culture and they read them down and snatch them edges and get them together um so now the show is you know on tv and they're switching their the way their segments are around a little bit so instead of the show being a traditional hour because it's on television it has been squeezed down to 30 minutes which if you are a real fan you know you're like damn 30 minutes like that's not enough but um it had, you know, that that's just how TV is. And the first episode, I have to say, was amazing. Kid Fury and Crystal looked so star ready. Like, I was so proud of them that I literally was in tears. Um, I got invited to the Read Live um, premiere party. Thank you, Alex, for inviting me. That's their manager, Alex Rago, who is amazing. And, um... They had a pop-up shop. It was a three-day pop or two-day pop-up shop, and um, I went all three days. Like I went to the premiere party Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday I went and just hung out for hours there. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I am a real supporter of the read, and I pretty much try to attend anything that they do here in New York because. I think it's just phenomenal, and, and like I tell Fury, and I say this all the time, I truly look up to what he has been doing um, as an, if you want to call him an entertainment journalist or just entertainer in general, from his YouTube days to his blog days to now his podcast days, he's really inspired me um, to attempt to do what I am doing here, so much respect to him, and then Crystal is just amazing because in my head, she's like an older sister to me, and like the cool sister that really just hypes you up to to really put your voice out there and be unapologetic with it of course after you do your research um because you don't want to be loud and wrong um but yeah they're they're amazing so you can catch the read on fuse network every friday at um it's an 11 o'clock i want to say that it is 11 o'clock that it comes on but let me double check because I don't want y'all missing the show and then you be getting mad at me like, well, sis, you told us it came on at 11. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, it comes on. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Sorry, I'm being, I'm being slow. I obviously can't read right now. Let's see. It comes on at... So y'all really just not 
gonna tell me the time. Okay, cool. So apparently it doesn't want to tell. We're just gonna say that it comes on at eleven o'clock. Anyways, um, yes, it does come on at eleven. Moving on. So I, I talked a little bit about Missy, obviously in the strong black lead of the week. So she just premiered her new video, Drip Demeanor. Now, if you've purchased her um, EP that she just recently released, you know that Drip Demeanor is like this real sexy, slow song. And I love her flow on it. And the video was so dope. Of course, in true Missy Elliott fashion, it is something that I think is out of this world. I actually think it's a little toned down for what Missy normally does because it doesn't have a lot of... Um, graphic uh like um cgi or anything like that in it um i love the looks she was definitely giving us like sex appeal in it which we don't always see with missy missy tends to do the baggy thing she has done some tight outfits in the past but not really like that's not super super her thing even when she's rapping about being sexy she's still kind of like I don't want to, I don't know if the word would be androgynous, um, but you know, definitely doing that like tomboyish type of look. And so I love this. She has this like blue hair in the video that is just <laughs> so cute and so amazing. This black leather piece on that gives me every little bit of Janet Jackson um, in the Busta Rhymes video. Uh, gonna make you scream, gonna make, gonna make, gonna make your body, yeah, like that, she was giving me that, like, all she needed was nipple piercings, and we would have been set to go, um, <laughs> but she, she, of course, brings back the dancing, Sean Bankhead is the choreographer, and Sean, first of all, Sean Bankhead, is amazing and I I would hope that more people know about him if you don't know about him please go look him up I remember the first Sean Bankhead video that I really saw was to um, Miguel's um, teach me and from there I just had been following his career I wanted to take I when I was visiting Atlanta years back I wanted to take his class and he was actually gone from um, 411 in Atlanta I think that's uh, 411 studios and um, so I ended up taking somebody else's class. But he, like, is a phenomenal choreographer. And he's been working with Missy for the last few years, which he... It, him and Missy working together just completely suits his career and the type of style that he does. Um, he's done a lot of award shows. And so if you're watching, like, BT Awards, Soul Train, like, you're going to see Sean Bankhead. And if you know his choreography, you can instantly pick up that that's a Sean Bankhead piece. He um, He's amazing, and they together are super dope. And, of course, Missy, like, you know, she's known for these big breakdown dances. I love in the video how her there's a scene where it looks like a landscape of a city background, and her hair is the building. Um, I thought that that was cool and it was really cute. Um, the, I don't know who the director was for this video. I'm gonna have to find that out who the director is. I think it was Alexandra, no, no, that's the stylist, Alexandra Butler. Um, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the director is, um, Derek, Derek Blake. I think that's his last name, Blank. I like him a lot. He's a photographer in Atlanta super famous he did nene leaks um what is that shoot called they did the when it was like the two of them the um i don't know what the hell the name is but he is um 
he's a, a big photographer, director in Atlanta, um, and he's super dope. Derek Blanks, that's his name. Um, the only thing about the video that I think was the storyline of it wasn't making fully sense to me. Um, but then I was like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, something for fun. Because Missy usually gives us some type of storytelling in her videos. So there's a scene where she all of a sudden there are like kappas and cues in the video strolling. And I don't know what that was about. I got, I'm wondering why they chose to put that in there and if that was like a nod to something but I did you know think that that was dope that they were basically bigging up the um the Greek community and um so that was cool like to see them in there it would have been nice to see some sororities in there I don't recall seeing any shown I just only seen the Q's and the Kappa so I wonder why those particular like those particular two fraternities they decided to showcase um so yeah uh let's see what else is going on this week oh okay um so Lorianne gibson says that she will be returning to making the band once it is rebooted so you know there have been rumors that making the band is going to be rebooted and diddy kind of got online and said like yes this is for real like it's happening so let me just let y'all know Y'all get prepared, and I'm going to start looking for artists now. So I'm assuming right now they're probably in the casting process, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, it was never officially, officially announced as far as I know. Um, but she made a video the other day on Instagram. It was like, huh, honey, let me tell you, I'm going to be back. So y'all be prepared to bust a boom cat. And I love it. If y'all know anything about Lorraine Gibson, y'all know that she is a character and I mean and the thing about it is that's like actually really her I took a dance class of Lorianne Gibson's um a few years back when I used to dance heavy and when I say she is every bit in person who she is on tv I mean like I got my life and it was so cool to just you know take class from her and be a part of like something kind of iconic at the time um so I'm excited for making the band to be rebooted. This will be the, I think, the fifth or sixth season if they do decide to reboot it. Um, I'm interested in what, what if, if he's going to actually go for a band or like a solo artist type of thing. Because, you know, Diddy, he tends to do whatever he wants. So he just kind of bends the rules on things. You know, he'll start off saying it's a band and then end up with one solo artist um, or, you know, like how he did Donnie Klang from um, the, the Making the Band when they did, made Day 26 and gave Donnie his own solo deal. And then Donnie never, like, really came out with anything. Um, but good luck to everybody that's going to be involved with that. I just definitely want to see Lorianne back on my TV and I want to see Diddy back on my TV because Diddy is a character. Um, so, yeah. Um, speaking of characters, <laughs> Tyler Perry has officially opened his, um, studios. He celebrated the historic opening of the Tyler Perry Studios down in Atlanta. And as you know, he had posted recently that they now have given him an official highway sign, which is super, super dope. So this was back, um, at the beginning of October, he opened his Tyler Perry Studios, which is the first film studio owned by an African-American down in Atlanta. And it was a star-studded event. So, I mean, 
Tyler had Beyonce and Jay-Z out there. And, you know, Beyonce don't just be out here attending events. So that was, like, a big thing. And I actually, when I was looking on Instagram, there were so many people posting pictures with her. And then in one picture, you see literally, like, a line of people lined up just to talk to Beyonce and um, take pictures with her. So it's so funny. But basically, he purchased land on an old plantation. I think he has over, like, 60 acres or more of land. Um, it's two new lots and many of the the studio sound stages he dedicated them to some of our favorite um, people in black Hollywood old Hollywood and new and he has kind of like um, from what I was seeing in the pictures these like walk of fame stars you know how people get their um, their star in Hollywood on the ground he has that at his studio which are honoring older um, people in Hollywood from actors to producers to directors down to the younger people like I seen Lance Gross has one and you know Lance Gross was in House of Pain so some of the sound stages are named after people like Miss Whoopi Goldberg, Miss Oprah Winfrey, Mr. Harry Belafonte, of course Mr. Spike Lee, Denzel Washington and his own mother Willie Maxine Perry and of course the late great beautiful Diane Carroll um, Obviously, this this studio is going to bring a lot of jobs in Atlanta, which I think is dope, and a lot of jobs and opportunities for creators. I don't want to just say just black creators because obviously, I don't think that I don't believe his studio is only all black employed, which would be dope. That would actually be really dope if like majority of everybody that worked in his studio, like if it was like eighty percent black. Um, I think. You know, obviously, congratulations to Tyler Perry. And, you know, people have their, their takes on him as a creator. I definitely have enjoyed his work um, in the past when it comes to his plays and some of his earlier films. I do think that um, Tyler's work is not always... Like, the narratives that he creates about black women and black men aren't always the most helpful. So I do say that I have really high hopes that with the opening of, you know, the, the reopening or exp expansion of his studio, there will be more opportunities for independent creators that we've never heard of and that more films from indie creators will be getting made and it's not just a studio that is only home to these known directors and producers because I think that's a big issue within our community um, for filmmakers is that you know indie creatives are like trying so hard to pull money together to find places to film and so you know if there's a way that that can happen at Tyler Perry Studios with not like breaking the bank in, insanely or you know at least being able to tax it and, and get that credit back on taxes and stuff I think that would be so dope so logistically I'm just thinking uh, you know how this could be an amazing opportunity for black filmmakers and writers and producers to have jobs on new shows and to be getting their work seen. The one thing that my wish for Tyler Perry is that I would really like him to take a break from writing and actually focus on being a director because I do think the stuff that he has directed has been great. Um, it would be nice to see him pair up with another writer, an up-and-coming writer who has a great voice and just kind of like be the director, you know, like let the other writers work speak for themselves. There's so many people I'm sure that want to work with him that are writers and producers and, and you know, wanting to get their stories made. Um, so, you know, 
anybody knows Tyler, nudge him and say, you know, try to take the Issa, Ava, uh, Lena Waith route and start, you know, helping to develop these up and coming voices that we've never heard of. That's the thing that I like, love, love, love about Issa Rae. She's always doing something that highlights new up and coming directors, writers, producers, actors, and I think Tyler focuses more so on the actors than he does um, other directors. So, you know, shout out to Tyler Perry uh, and the this being the first Black-owned studio. Hopefully this is something that breaks down the doors for other people because, you know, Issa Rae just opened her own studio over um, her office building for Issa Rae Productions over in California. So I think that would be super dope if all of a sudden, within the next 10 years, we start seeing Black-owned studio, production studios open up and um, really give creatives a space to be and a space, you know, hold space for each other. Um, moving on, speaking of Issa Rae, she just announced that she is coming out with a new record label called Radio. Now, the funny thing about it, I know you're like, what? Radio, girl, what? She spelled it R-A-E-D-I-O. Now, you know, obviously her name is Issa Rae, and it's R-A-E, you know? So, like, I just thought that was so cute, and, like, <laughs> I just, Issa Rae can honestly do no wrong to me. Um, she, like, is just a woman who obviously seems like she's very much about her word, and um, so it was cool. It was definitely cool to to see that she's launching this new label and her first artist is named Timar. Timar, I think that's how you say her name. Um let's see. And the, the the she released the the video or the video is about to come out. It's called Kinda Love and she's starring in it and so is Ari. I think Ari Lennox directed it in Lucky Day. And um, Jesse Wu, who's a comedian, is also starring in the video. But yeah, the, the artist, her name is Timar. Um, I really hope that I'm saying that right. But she, Issa basically collabed with Atlanta Records to have a new partnership. And so this label um, is going to set a new standard, like, I guess, breaking down the door for artists to work with film and television shows. So I think that that's so dope because she she's obviously not a music producer, but she's taking a chunk out of the film industry and saying, let me sign some artists and get them to get some placements on film and television shows with their music and also get my back too. Because um, I know that these deals probably are tricky when it comes to like getting music artists to get their music licensed so that it can be in big films and on TV and stuff like that. So yeah, shout out to Issa Rae. I'm excited to see the video. Um, I don't, I don't know if the video's out yet. I haven't watched it um, yet. So there is that. So I'm introducing a new segment that comes away from just the fun talk and gets into a little bit of the gossipy talk. Um, it's called Sit Black Reality. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about, one of my favorite um, entertainment journalists, Tanika Ray, 
is leaving extra. If you guys watch any type of gossip or news entertainment stuff, you know, there's TMZ that reports a lot of the gossipy things. There is Entertainment Tonight. Uh, there's the E! Network. And then, of course, there's Extra, where it was at one point Tanika Ray, AJ Calloway, you know, AJ from 106 and Park, and then Mario Lopez. Well, the former Extra co-host Tanika Ray just recently opened up about her departure, and she recently became aware of it, that she would be leaving, or that the producers no longer wanted her to be a part of the show when they hired um, the new person, Billy Bush. And the, the decision obviously came after Mario Lopez announced that he would be leaving earlier this year in July. Um, he was leaving to be a part of Access Hollywood. So um, Tanika hasn't announced what her next move is. I just know that I really, really look up to her. I met her at the American Black Film Festival in June, and she really is so sweet and really is an amazing entertainer journalist, like entertainment journalist. I remember at the festival watching her, she did a panel where she moderated it. It was Little Rel, um, Damson Idris, Jacob Lattimore, uh, Marseille Martin, and um, Damaris, I forget the Latin, uh, she's a model, an actress, Damaris. But I just remember, like, I was really studying her as she was on the panel asking these questions, and you could see how comfortable they were talking to her. And I just, like, so aspire that for myself as I interview people on this show or when I do red carpets. Like, I really watch a lot of her videos and she just has such a fun demeanor and really gets some great interviews out of the people that she is um, talking to on extra um so you know I'm really hoping I just want to report on that because I'm like dang like she's not gonna be on extra anymore so I don't know what her next move is I'm excited to see what she goes on to do because again an amazing entertainment journalist. She had a really popular interview um, prior to Nipsey Hussle in Lauren London, the whole tragic um, event with Nipsey Hussle's death. Um, she had a really great interview with those two and them just kind of showing their love and everything together. So again, amazing entertainer. Can't wait to see what she does and where, where she goes from here, uh, obviously only, <laughs> she's only going to go up from here. Um, all right, what's next? Ooh, 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 okay. <laughs> I forgot about, I forgot I was about to do this topic. So, um, yeah, Miss Gina Rodriguez. <sighs> if you have been on the internet in the last 48 hours or at all this week, then you know that Gina Rodriguez is under fire for her anti-black comments once again so y'all know her from jane the virgin or maybe y'all don't know her she's kind of irrelevant at this point in life she also was in that netflix show or netflix film i do not remember what the word the 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 name of the um the film is but anyways my, my love she got on in instagram and was rapping along to the fuji's ready or not and you know the lyric always goes um uh, easy, I can do what you do, easy, believe me, frontin' niggas give me heebie-jeebies, and, um, obviously, she said the word nigga, and, um, she blurted it out with the, the, the funny part about the video, I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny to me, because 
she literally goes, fronting niggas, give me heebie-jeebies, and then looks over to, I guess, whoever her makeup artist is, and then, like, laughs, and then the video cuts off. Like, sis, girl, girl, you knew that this was not something that you were supposed to be saying, and then, so, of course, she posts the video like an idiot, and it goes viral, and people start calling her out, and then she issues this iOS press release uh, of an apology. Well, actually, no. She first makes a video, a very tone-deaf video, of her saying sorry and basically like, I'm sorry if this offended some of you guys. I'm sorry that I was singing along to um, one of my favorite songs. This is a song I grew up on. Now, and it, and it was a very, like, lackluster apology, very quick, and, you know, people then continued to go in on her because, basically, it just felt like her apology was like, well, I'm sorry that I used the word niggas because y'all are offended. Like, I'm not sorry because it's offensive. I'm sorry that y'all are offended, but it's really not that big of a deal. And so now there's this big talk about, well, why is she using it? And the Gina's trying to say, well, I'm Afro-Latina. Baby girl, no, you're not. Um, so yeah, uh, she's... Gina has had some moments in the past, like the, when she was promoting the film, um, was it Ice Age? I don't remember what film she has that, a small foot with Yara Shahidi. They were doing a press run and um, Yara Shahidi was talking to Blogzilla. He's a great um, entertainment journalist um, and blogger, I guess you want to say, talking to him about why it's important for black girls to be seen and, and black women. And Gina Rodriguez so loudly and wrongly goes, all women, all women. And he's like, yeah, all women, but also black women. Like, and, um, you know, it was like, he said basically Yara Shahidi is goals for so many young black women. And she kind of just like painfully over talked that moment and tried to make it about an all women thing. And she's also in the past talked about like, oh, that's cool that Black Panther has done what it's done. But now when are we going to get a Latina pan a Black Panther? So it's just kind of like, sis, are you really Afro-Latina? Because a lot of the comments you make are negating from visibility um, towards black people. Um, so yeah, I really, I just feel like that's an issue within the community between blacks and Latinas. And especially growing up, like I noticed in New York, one of the big things that you go into like Spanish Harlem and even just Harlem in general. And obviously there are a lot of Afro-Latinas that live there and they're so integrated into black culture that a lot of them use the word nigga and they do it unapologetically and you know we'll look at you crazy like what you what's the issue i literally worked at toys r us um two three years ago i worked at toys r us three or four years ago and i remember i had a conversation with the people that i worked with um, and they were like, oh, we thought that you were Dominican. So I guess I looked Dominican. I don't know. I've never gotten that I looked Dominican until I moved to New York. Um, so to me, I just feel like I look like a, you know, a regular light-skinned black woman. But according to some of the people in New York, I apparently look Afro-Latina like I'm Dominican. And so I remember 
my boss kind of had admitted that when she hired me, she thought that I was. Now, mind you, everybody that I worked with, except for two people, they were all either Dominican or Puerto Rican. And um, the other two people were black. So I just thought that that was so interesting, that like dynamic. And I remember getting into it once with one of the girls because we were talking and she said nigga and I corrected her and I was like, baby girl, you're not black. And you know what I mean? Like, and you can't, unless you are less than two generations removed from blackness, baby, you shouldn't be using the word. And I think that that's the big conversation that's going on in the internet now because people feel like, well, why can't Gina Rodriguez say it, but Cardi B can? And, you know, there's um, an intersectionality and a complexity with the Afro-Latina community because there are a lot of Dominican and Puerto Rican people who deny their blackness. You know, they're the Zoe Saldana's of the world because let's be clear, for a very long time, Zoe Saldana was not claiming blackness. It wasn't until that whole Nina Simone thing happened and then people started going in on her and that's when she started claiming that she was Afro-Latina versus like a um, Audrey... Um, oh God, what is her name from private practice? But she's an Afro-Latina woman or somebody like Reagan Gomez, who is Afro-Latina and who I actually didn't even know was Afro-Latina. I always thought she was just a black girl. Um, so there's this, this interesting conversation that seems to be happening. And um, I posted something recently on my own Instagram account where I basically was like, you know, like, I think that people need to call Latinas out more about their use of the word nigga and how they think that that's okay and, and they're comfortable doing it because just because you grow up in an urban neighborhood or just because a lot of your life is centered around blackness, if you genetically, like gene-wise, DNA-wise, if you are not black, I'm going to need you to not say the word because now you're just literally a non-black person of color. Um... And I don't understand why that is like so hard for people to believe or to wrap their brain around, but it is what it is. And um, and my tweet exactly was: if you're a biracial person of color and you don't have a direct bloodline to Black ancestry within two to three generations, nor were you raised about around Black culture with a Black identity, please stop saying nigga. Just stop. Latinx friends, that is for you, because that it does seem to be the issue and even when you go into places on the west coast like um i've seen that be a thing with uh mexican people too like growing up in the hood around black people or in urban neighborhoods and using the word nigga and their friends not saying nothing because oh that's just how it is here like that literally is a thing here in new york and i've seen so many arguments on the uh about the conversation on twitter now that this um has happened with Gina Rodriguez and then the whole Cardi B situation. So that is my reality for this episode. All right, moving on to the Sit Black Breakdown. We got some reviews for this new show on HBO coming out called The Watchmen, which is starring Regina King, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Louis Gossett Jr., Jessica Camacho, Andrew Howard, Jeremy Irons, Gene Smart, I'm definitely going to mess up his name, uh, Yahaya. Oh, I'm so mad that I cannot say this man's name. Y yeah, I don't know. He basically, he was one of the actors from the get down. He also played the dad in Us. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say his name. I feel so bad. It's like Yah Yahya. 
Abdul Mateen II. Um, he's so fine, y'all. Ugh, I can't. Um, anyways, <laughs> The Watchmen is an upcoming American superhero drama television series, and it's inspired by the DC Comics limited series with the same name, created by Alan Moore and David Gibson, or Dave Gibson, sorry. Dave Gibbons. Ooh, I can't read today. I can't read. But it is a show where the superheroes have to go into hiding uh, because they are under attack. And um, I got to see it last week at Culture Con. Culture Con is this festival in New York, and they did a um, Culture Con week, and they did a collaborating event with HBO to do an advanced screening. So I'm not going to talk about the full episode because I do want you guys to watch it. It comes on this Sunday, October 20th, but I'm going to just talk a little bit about it to get y'all enticed. Um, so it the the beginning of the the show opens up with a very bloody scene and it's reimagining the race riots in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921 and there are literally mobs of white people attacking black people and black businesses in the city's Greenwood district and killing hundreds and arresting thousands. So some of those white people then eventually form a group of violent white supremacists called the Seventh Cavalry, and they began wearing these masks of um, a former superhero to target police and black people. And so because the Cal Calvary is successful in killing one of the police officers, so that's like one of the first few scenes that you see after the, um, the riots in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're successful in, I'm, I'm sorry, not killing, but injuring a police officer then the force basically comes together and says, all right, it's cool for all of the cops here to start wearing masks and cover their identities because we don't want y'all get, getting killed. And so it is revealed that Regina King's character was attacked previously because she was a, um, a police officer. She was attacked by the cavalry and they found her after she had like made an arrest and tried to kill her. Um, this is not something you see but she does explain in one of the scenes and um, that is why she decides to leave the police force. But as you continue to watch there's some twists and turns. I will have to say that I'm not really into um, shows about superheroes or even films about superheroes really like as much as I liked um, Iron Man and stuff it's not something that I'm like oh I need to see it but I will say that I think this show is done in such a beautiful way that it immediately enticed me and it made me be like okay I gotta see the rest of this season like the first episode is coming out the, the gate swinging y'all like I'm telling y'all y'all are going to be hooked to this show um Regina King first of all baby girl I'm just gonna take my hat off to her because she comes out the gate kicking ass like her first fight scene is so like rough and tough and it shocks you a little because when you think about it we really have not seen Regina King in many roles where she is actually doing a bunch of action or fighting I can't really recall her playing a role where she was ever a police officer or anything like that. So this is definitely a new type of role for Regina. Um, but of course, she has the acting chops to, you know, play this role. And I think she does it so well. And um, there, there are a lot of twists and turns. So the the show opens up to who ha it hasn't been revealed who these two kids are. So of course, the riots are happening. And this young boy 
his dad puts him on the wagon to be like, you know, take care of my baby, but y'all get my baby out of here. And, well, he is put in the wagon with a baby girl. Now, I'm going to assume that the baby girl is Regina King's character, but we're not fully sure. Um, they don't fully reveal that, I think, until the end, and I'm still a little confused, which is why I can't wait for it to see it again this Sunday and, like, for real dive into everything. But the cinematography on this show, I mean, it is beautiful. They do a lot of these... Um, scenes where the lighting is either really dark and eerie or it's really really bright and it gives you that like kind of comic book vibe um so I think that translates really well from I, I'm assuming what the comic book series was um the outfits are dope like I I was like damn I wish I was like really into cosplay and knew where to get certain things because Halloween is right around the corner and I absolutely would want to be Regina King's character who is uh um the the Angela Abar that's her name aka Sister Knight um she she just kicks ass the there's a few scenes that definitely had the audience laughing so it, it, there is some co uh, comedic relief there in the show now the question for me is Regina King's character Angela has these two little daughters who are white as hell and I'm trying to figure out if those little girls are little girls that she adopted or was she married prior to the husband that she has in the show because her husband is played by Yaya I'm, I'm just gonna say his name is Yaya um but yeah her, her he plays her husband and there's a steamy sex scene between them and I'm just like oh yes please make sure you give us more of that this season um because he is again fine as hell just brown and chocolate and everything nice and I was like here for the like chocolate brown skin black on black love that they were exuding in this series um and I think that that's also an, another aspect of why I love this that Regina King is a strong brown-skinned woman who is playing this lead character and we don't get that often for you know uh brown and chocolate girls and women um so I think that this is going to be a series that one is going to be critically acclaimed that I definitely think they're going to win some Emmys to come next season. Um, the, the first episode definitely left me wanting more for sure. Um, so I'm going to definitely get into that a little bit more. I might invite a guest on next week and we talk about it, especially because next week is going to be the Halloween episode. So I think it will be perfect to talk about the first episode and all that we see and really get into the breakdown of it. Um, if anybody from HBO is listening, baby, if you want to send me some more episodes so that I can do <laughs> some reviews on that, I would love to, to do it. I mean, I really, really, really enjoyed the show and um, I'm definitely going to be keeping up and I'm going to make sure that I talk about the episodes every week, which has not happened here yet. I have not, like been hell-bent on just talking about one particular show every week here um but I might do that for the second half of power as well there are quite a few shows that I have not talked about that need to be talked about on here so you know I want to get into that um and moving on though 
before we go, um, I'm going to put y'all up to some web series and some films that are coming out. So, as we all know, the the film Black and Blue that is directed by directed and written by Dion Taylor, which stars Naomi Harris, Tyrese Gibson, Mike Coulter, Defessa Williams, and more, is coming out on October the 25th. I got to, let me got double check. Um... I don't know what I have here written on my paper, but um, <laughs> please, please don't mind me. It is, um, it, it's coming out next weekend on the 25th. I was right. Um, so it is about a rookie policewoman in New Orleans who inadvertently captures the shooting of, uh, shooting death of a young drug dealer on her body cam. After she realizes the murder was committed committed by a corrupt cop she teams up with the only person from the community who is willing to help her which is Tyrese Gibson's character and so she finds herself on the run from both the vengeful criminals and the lawmen who desperately want to destroy the incriminating footage so I got to see Black and Blue at the um, Urban World Film Fest and it was absolutely amazing I'm encouraging you all to go out and support that because here we again have another black woman Naomi Harris playing a kick-ass lead role doing some amazing stunts giving us like just every last little bit of drama and action and I think the thing that I loved about Black and Blue which I also loved about The Watchmen are they are pieces that are very relevant to the times when we start talking about police brutality and wrong for wrongful killings um so she she catches these corrupt police officers that shoot this black kid and now in the film which is obvious obvious in the trailer as well the officers are you know corrupt because they're basically buying and selling drugs and keeping the drugs within the urban community there and I believe it is um the the where they shot I think is like the ninth ward down in New Orleans but got to see the film the scenes the way they a lot of the scenes were shot in um this like it has this kind of like dusk feel to it like a I don't know what like what the the actual term would be but there's there's this like really creepy feeling about a lot of the scenes um that were reminding me for some reason of um tells from the hood there are two particular scenes that kind of like made the hair on my arm stand up and there's one that we see where Naomi Harris's character goes to basically like turn herself in and and you guys will see that scene you're probably gonna be like what the fuck is she doing um but the 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 art that they capture in the film there's like these beautiful pieces in the film of black faces and black children on the buildings and then the buildings that the area um, that she walks into obviously is like the projects some of the houses are abandoned you know the building is kind of run down so these shots these like really tight close-up shots that they give and then even some of these wide shots they give in the film really had me like freaked out um, 
I definitely was rooting for her the entire film and you know just kind of what she stood for um, as a woman of color that's in a police officer and trying to do the right thing and so I think that that it was really timely for me to talk about Watchmen and Black and Blue on this episode because again starring two black women who are kicking ass that are on the police force trying to make a difference and bring justice to their communities and to what is happening and in avenging the deaths of black men um and and the wrongful you know murdering um i think tyrese and naomi had a great chemistry in the film um i would have liked to see a little little bit more action scenes with her solo because i mean again she like kicked ass for real and we know tyrese he's talked about doing his own stunts for the longest freaking time like I can't think of a film that Tyrese has been on where he has not talked about how he wants to put stuntmen out of business because he wants to do his own stunts. He don't care if he get hurt. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dion Taylor, who was the director and writer of Meet the Blacks and also The Intruder, uh, which was starring Megan Good and Michael Ely and um, Dennis Quaid, he is really, like, bossing up for him to be not a new well yeah I guess like a fresh face in a sense to a lot of people who don't aren't familiar with some of his past work um I think that for this to be his first studio production film uh, or major studio production film he came out the gate swinging I think it was beautiful that he chose to use New Orleans as his backdrop because he really could have shot this film anywhere um so I think it was really special that he used New Orleans in the community, and I feel like he kind of kept it very true to um, to to what you know how the I guess the area is, and um, and not in an exploitive way. Um, I would love to get somebody from Black and Blue on this show. I was really trying to, y'all. I really was, um, but that didn't happen. But it would, you know, in the future maybe somehow I can get Dion Taylor on this show or someone from the film just to talk more about the scenes that we saw. So I'm gonna let y'all go see it this Friday because I know y'all gonna keep y'all promise to me. Go ahead and I solemnly swear <laughs> uh, to go see Black and Blue because Sit Black and Watch recommended it. Um, but I think you guys, you guys are really going to like it and you're going to walk away being like, yo, they did that. And I, I even I remember I after seeing the film, I sent I commented on Deion Taylor's Instagram and I told him like bro y'all created butter with this film like the way the scenes were shot the dialogue the the feeling that it was evoking um in the characters and stuff like that so relevant so timely so make sure y'all go see that next Friday on October 25th bam you know you gotta get them box office sales up because obviously we need quality black films and I think this is a quality black film with quality lead characters um despite Tyrese's antics. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the Sit Black and Watch web series finds. So Issa obviously is, <laughs> she's now been talked about twice in this episode. We're going to go ahead and talk about her again because Mama has a new show coming out on her YouTube channel with Color Creative called King Esther. Now, it is a show that was created by director Dewey Gerard, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but it's premiering on Issa Rae's YouTube channel. It actually premiered yesterday, October 17th, and um, 
It is a show that is about a trans woman who lives down in New Orleans and um, it, it focuses on the life of a transgender woman, Amon, I think that's how you say her name, who starts her journey towards stardom and to sexual discovery in the pre-Katrina New Orleans. So this is like a show who that I think, again, here we got another show in New Orleans being shot and filmed um, and really bringing some... Uh, attention to the the New Orleans community y'all know I love New Orleans I'm trying to get there I'm trying to move there um but I think it's a dope concept of a show because obviously this is a story that needs to be told um I am not obviously a trans person I am not a part of the LGBTQ community so I can't fully I haven't watched the show yet I'm going to and I'm going to come back with a review but um I can't fully be like oh this I don't know, like, I, I personally think just as a storyteller that it's it's timely and it's needed, especially with the deaths of um, a lot of trans women and men being killed and, 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 though, and understanding that sex work is a big part of that community because they're often denied jobs and stuff like that. So I'm eager to see it. I'm going to watch it probably tonight or sometime before the next episode and talk about it. Um, and just eager to see a new story being told. And I'm actually kind of sad that this is just a web series and it's not on television. Because that's the thing, too, that I've been noticing. Like, some of the best shows are web series. And while they're great on online, these are shows that you're like, yo, this needs to be a big budget show. And this needs to be on a network getting, like, the attention and the money and the backing. So, um... I saw a clip of it. I didn't see the full um, episode, but it does look really, really good. Um, and, you know, Hurricane Katrina was, like, I think 13 or 14 years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of bring that predated time back to life. I know that it was something that was so painfully a part of New Orleans history. You know, a lot of people died in Katrina um, and where their lives were extremely affected by it. So uh, I'm really, really excited to see it. So shout out to Issa Rae Productions and Dewey Gerard. And um, the show stars, um, let's see, Janet Hubert, who we know as Aunt Viv, the original Aunt Viv, as well as um, Angelica Ross, who we know from Pose in American Horror Story 1984, and Rowan um, um, Amon, who is the lead character of Esther. So I'm sorry, I, I was saying Amon was the name of the character. Esther is the name of the character. Rowan Amon is who is playing the character. Um, so yeah, you guys make sure that you go check that out on YouTube. Color created Easter Ray. You can literally type in King Esther and it'll pop up. And now, moving on, uh, we're going to just, I'm going to just update y'all on what y'all need to be looking out for coming up in the next few weeks. So, the CW is bringing it. They have two really great black shows. One is All American, which just returned for its season two on October 7th. And it just recently gained three additional episodes after its summer breakout on Netflix. So American, All American, um, it can, it's an, a CW, CW original show. And I guess, you know, it was doing okay. Like it had decent ratings, but, um, it was once it uploaded to Netflix, which was fairly quickly after the like the season wrapped up, that it gained buzz. Now, 
I never watched the show, but I did think it was a Netflix original when I seen it kind of pop up on Netflix. I am going to give it a look and see if I get into it. And then, you know, we could talk about it on here. Um, <laughs> so they had 16 episodes in the first, like, original season. It originally debuted October 10th of 2018. And it is now here for its second season. So it's only on um, episode three. Oh, actually, episode three comes on October 21st. All right. Um, so if you have not, you know, seen the show, then definitely go binge it. And you can catch up in time to catch episode three and get into it. So just a little bit about the show. It is, it follows Spencer James, which is a rising high school football star. And he's an A student at South Crenshaw High. But when um, his coach... Uh, Billy Baker recruits him to join his team in Beverly Hills. Spencer's mom, Grace, and his best friend, Coop, convince him that it's an opportunity that he has to seize. And so he is forced to move in with Billy and his family to protect his transfer permit. Um, so that show stars Tay Diggs, Daniel Ezra, Michael Evans Belling, I think his name, Samantha Logan, Cody Christian. Um, so yeah, y'all make sure y'all check that out. The second show that is on the CW obviously is Black Lightning which we know is a show from Mara Braca Kill's husband um who is not in everybody's good graces right now but um yeah so Black Lightning this just returned for its season three October 7th it um stars is that Mike Coulter that's on no um what is his name on um Black Lightning, because I always, I don't know why I'm, I'm calling him Mike Coulter, because, you know, Mike Coulter is um, from Luke Cage. Um, Cress Williams, that's his name. Yeah, so it stars Cress Williams, China Ann McClain, Nefessa Williams, Crow Dawn, Christine Adams. Um, it is a DC comic universe show um, that explores the intersection between family life and being a superhero. So it follows Jefferson Pearson, who is uh, a the Don suit vigilante, and he's supposed to be protecting the streets of his city, but he left that behind to basically start his family and live his life. And he learns that, you know, crime is basically not going away. And his daughter, Jennifer, is like this extreme activist, and she's determined to achieve justice at any cost, which then she gets recruited by a street gang and that is what forces him back into the life of being a superhero and eventually his family finds out that they also have powers and they you know kind of become this unit and so in order to protect his family he decides that he has no choice but to become Black Lightning. Um, I have seen a few episodes of the first season and it is a good show I just haven't got a chance to really get into it because you know how you miss episodes of a show and then you'd be like dang like uh, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna catch up, but my mother is like super into Black Lightning. So season three just came out October seventh, so you got time. It's on Netflix as well. You can catch up and get into it. Um, the next show that y'all need to be looking out for, which comes out October twenty third, which is um, next next Wednesday, is Tyler Perry's Sisters. Now, listen. <laughs> when I saw, I said, "Okay, Tyler, you, I'm not gonna do this with you and your, um, your bootleg girlfriends." But you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot because 
that is what I do on this show. I try to give everybody a fair chance, and um, I want I want this to do well because obviously you want black stories to be told. I'm just praying to God that um, it is not a show that is like the traditional Tyler Perry thing where he just like just a black woman just ridden with like bad luck and shit um but it's an upcoming original television comedy drama series created written and executive produced by Tyler Perry so you know fingers crossed that it is amazing and it follows the lives of four women who are having dating woes and trying to figure out their life and they they're leaning on each other for support um so that's going to be coming out on BT's digital, BT Plus. So it's not even going to be on TV, I don't think. I think it's just going to be an online web series. Um, so y'all check that out. Also, Rhythm and Flow on Netflix is now there. And that's the show that has T.I., Chance the Rapper, and Cardi B. It's a... Um, it's a the first ever like digital music competition show. We've never seen a show be a digital music competition show. So this is the first time that we're seeing that, which I think is super dope. And I don't know about y'all, but I like love singing competition shows and like rap. Like I told y'all, I love making the band. I was a big American Idol fan. I love like So You Think You Can Dance. Anything that was kind of like competition and music based, I absolutely love. So this is a show where rappers are competing to get a, um, it's like a documentary, non-scripted music reality television show. They're competing to get a music deal, a record deal, and it's Netflix's first ever original music competition program. Um, so T.I., Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, and then I think they have, oh, and Snoop Dogg. I think they alternate maybe guest judges, but I've, I've heard good things about it. I'm going to start watching it tonight, um, and... Um, you know, I'll let y'all know how I like it. I've been hearing about one particular rapper on the show, like two particular, London B, and I forget the other person's name. So I'm going to check that out. But before we wrap up, um, the New Orleans Film Festival has kicked off its um, 30th year. It started October 16th, and it's running to October through October 23rd. So you still have time to go get some tickets if you're down in New Orleans and go see some, some original films. Again, this is its 30th year. Y'all know I'm a big film festival advocate. I am going to start my journey on going to more film festivals next year outside of Black Star Film Fest, American Black Film Fest, and Urban World. I definitely want to get to more film festivals next year, and the New Orleans Film Festival is one of those. It does have a really dope lineup, and, and it stars some amazing directors and writers, and it's very diverse. So, y'all make sure y'all check that out this week, and that is all that I got this week. Um... Thank you so much for tuning in for this whole hour and 10 something minutes um, that I've been talking by myself. I have to say I'm very appreciative of those of you who are tuning in, listening. And if you are spreading the word about this show, I would love if you guys give me feedback. Y'all can follow the Sit Black and Watch Instagram at Sit Black Watch. I'll make sure that I include everything. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Afrovocative or on Facebook. You can subscribe to my page or my YouTube channel. Um, I have some great interviews up from the lovely Gia Peppers, who I hope to get on this show in a few weeks. Hey, Gia girl, if you hear this, <laughs> hit me up. Um, 
and Ice Cube. I got uh, uh I'm Ice Cube. I'm sorry, Ice Cube's son. <laughs> I wish I would interview Ice Cube. Oh my God. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I've got I've got some dope interviews up on my YouTube channel. If y'all want to check that out under Afrovocative, um, let me know what y'all want to you know hear me talk about. Let me know. Um, if there's something that you particularly like that I talk about or some some suggestions, I'm going to be introducing some trivia segments um, in the next few episodes. And hopefully when the guests come on, we can play some games. So again, I just really appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. It means so much to me. And I hope that this show continues to grow and, you know, we go up from here. Y'all have a good weekend. Peace.